Hey there. Like this show and want to create one similar? Let me tell you about Anchor. First of all, it's free. Uh, One of the main things that I love about Anchor, but that's not all. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. How awesome is that? Now, you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. The possibilities are endless for what you can create. Whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, or something the world has never heard before. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many more. You can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M to get started. Welcome to The Kidney Connection, a weekly show about dialysis wellness, kidney health, and how to make holistic choices that can lead us to the healthiest possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Ebony G, a registered nurse in Baltimore, Maryland. For more information and free resources to help you get started, please visit our website, www.lwapllc.com. I really hope you enjoy listening to this show, but just a reminder, this show is not a substitution for medical diagnosis and treatment. Hello there, Ebony here with the Kidney Connection, and um, we have another great, great guest. I can't wait to dig in um, to speak with Nicole. How are you? Hey, how are you? I'm wonderful today. I am good. Thank you for asking. I cannot wait to dig into your topic. Um, Mm -hmm. The topic today, Black sexuality in America. I think that um, that that is a lot right there. And just in speaking with you in a few minutes before we started recording, that's why I was like, I had to interrupt you like, wait, nope, all of that needs to needs to be heard. So um, before we (laughs) dig in. Before we dig in, can you tell everybody a little bit about yourself? Okay, so I am Nicole Argood, MA. I'm a sociologist, sexologist, master teacher. I am the owner and founder of Nikki G's Spot. It is a play on words. (laughs) (laughs) And I am the owner and founder of Nicole Argood, MA School of Sexology, which has a physical location with uh, classrooms, offices, and everything else in Tyrone, Georgia, which is in Fayette County. I'm also the uh, owner and creator of Uncovering You with Nikki G podcast. All of this you can find on either one of my websites. The general power link for that is linktree slash Nicole R. Good M.A. All right. And if you didn't catch that, you can catch it all on the show notes or all the places where uh, Nicole lives and is on social, you can find there. And we'll, we'll, we will review that again at the end of the episode. So let's dig in kind of where we started, well, we, where we stopped um, when, I, when I interrupted you about, um, so you said sociologist and sexologist. So let's get into a little bit about what sociology actually is. So at a very basic level, if I was teaching students, 
regardless of grade level, college level, very simplistically, it is the study of society. It's the science of society, but it goes beyond that. It's societal system structures, the organization of it, the social institutions, the relationships, the group dynamics, which this includes race, ethnicity, gender, every ism and everything else in between that. It's about collective and individual human behaviors. What a lot of people don't understand about sociology is that there is a, also a heavy research component. And as you go up in advanced levels, which is at advanced degrees in graduate studies, so this is a master's or a doctorate level, you're basically being taught how to formulate your own analysis, how to research, how to create new knowledge. It's, a, it's not about regurgitating anything. It's about the expansion and the evolution of knowledge, the innovation of knowledge. Now, when we speak about sexologists, simplistically, it's the science of human sexuality. You're studying human sexuality. But this also would include sexual interests, behaviors, functions, and relationships. Now, the thing about sexology is, is that it tends to use other academic fields for its analysis, synthesis, and presentation of information. So this is like a phenomenal thing that I'm actually a sociologist, sexologist. And yes, I received my master's degree from DePaul University in Chicago, Illinois. <laughs> well, let me say Illinois. They don't like it when you say Illinois. You drop that as <laughs> I don't want to cause any problems. Right, right, right. They want to be politically correct. Um, Awesome, awesome. So great background on those two. So now, you know, and I definitely can see now that you broke that down for me as well, the um, correlation between sociology, sexology, and Black sexuality in America. So what about that? Um, like, how does that fall into your wheelhouse? So I received a master's of arts in sociology from DePaul, which I mentioned before, and I specialized in sexuality, gender, men, masculinity, and power, group dynamics, race, ethnicity, social inequality, and stratification. Here we are mm -hmm. in Black sexuality mm -hmm. because there is a very unique and very peculiar uh, experience of the African descendants in the Americas let's just say throughout the diaspora over here, but I give specific treatment to the United States. So you're talking about 11 to about 13% of the African uh, population that were brought here to be enslaved. I don't like saying slaves because they weren't slaves. They were human beings that mm -hmm. were kidnapped and captured and transported into these lands um, to be enslaved or captives of someone else. And so in particular, there was a component in that historicity with the body, the black body. What we know is that it was, commod it was commodified, mm -hmm. right? There's commoditization. It was made a product. It was made a thing. It was made an object. Mm -hmm. And the body was sold. It was used for production. It was used for labor. And it was basically reduced to that. The other component of that was the sexual aspect. Se sexuality, sex, sexual energy, all of it has power. What people like to do is downplay that power. But when we're talking about basic things with human beings, as far as drivers, you've got survival, you've got food, you got air and oxygen, and then you got shelter and you have sex. At the very most basic of human instincts and levels, sex is so powerful that if you really look at it for what it is, it is a creative force. It is creation. 
no one is here unless someone has sex to get them here. Right. Right. <laughs> so, right. So we, we, yes. Whatever the, the, the dynamics were around it. Mm-hmm. Some people love children and everything else in there, whatever. Right. In marital bliss, whatever. Right. We're here because two people, a male and a female, a woman and a man, a masculine and a feminine principle and energy came together and connected. And that force and those energies created the beautiful entity that is you. Mm-hmm. Now, in that, when you bring it back to Black sexuality, you have that where that was being pillaged, where that was being taken. Mm-hmm. Not just Black women or African women, African descendants, uh, but also African men were being raped as well. It may have been more prevalent amongst, you know, as far as the women, but everything about them was taken away and made an object or a product or a commodity. Mm-hmm. And so I took this interest in black sexuality in the sense that how is that the question that I'm asking is how is that impacting our families? Mm-hmm. Though uh, people may feel like, well, how is that important? You know, we need to build up the community. We need to build up, yes, we need to do that, but we need to start at very basic levels of understanding the self. And the sexual component cannot be negated. It is the most intimate part that of yourself that you share with another. Yet people move in it frivolously yes yes it's almost like an addiction at times I feel like it can be an addiction for people but why is it the next question me as a sociologist and a sexologist is asking because there's a psychology component to it I'm a social scientist across the board so my bachelor's degree is in social science right and so there was kind of like an integrative study there because I studied multiple social sciences so you're talking about Mm -hmm. history you're talking about world religions I studied it all even the science of sex at undergrad level. And so when you look at it, it, it's it's at a very basic level, you're saying, why are they addicted? And of course, there's different dynamics to each individual, their life experiences, their childhood, there's different dynamics to you culturally and racially and ethnically. What is the experience you're having where you are located in the, the specific geography? So there's a specific uh, experience that the collective African descendants in the United States have. And then it goes down to the individual and it can go down to regions as well. You know, if you're from the South, if you're from up North, if you're this, but when you're talking about why people in general may use sex in an addictive manner is because they're trying to feel something. They're trying to numb something. They're trying to satate or soothe, pacify something, which still begs a deeper question. What's going on? What happened? What happened? What happened to you? So when I look at it from a sociological perspective, so the psych, if you if you did it from the lens of psychology, I would be dealing with the individual. And a psychologist would go, you know, down to if, if it's, you know, this particular issue, this mental health uh, uh, issue or disease or whatever the person may be dealing with. I look at it more on a broader level, even though there's still the psycho- psychology component there. So I'm going to look at the conditions around the person, the human condition and the conditions around the human. Because a lot of times, a lot of what we're calling mental health issues is simply being Black in America and dealing with racism. If you remove certain uh, opposition barriers, stressors, 
harassment. You don't have those type of uh, depressive states or stress. And so how the next question as a sociologist, I'm asking, how does that impact the black family? Mm-hmm. How does that impact the mother and the father, regardless if they're married or not? How does that affect their parenting? How does that affect their relationship, which their relationship is just important as the family unit, because if their relationship is not intact, the family unit is going to break down. Right. Though we will as well kind of go, well, you know, the romantic stuff is not important in the relationship. Yes, it's important. You need to continue to love, date, romance, court, and everything else you did to get your spouse. Yeah. Yep, that's part of that. That marital wellness is a must. Is a must. It helps to create that and and maintain, not create, but maintain. You know that that trust. And so, yeah. But the but the bigger thing there is, um, what is it that in particular uh, African Americans, those who identify as Black in the United States? Uh, what is it that they experience that they contend with that possibly other ethnic groups and racial groups do not? And if they do, to what extent? And is yeah. it that a lot of the, the, the confusion or the stress or pressure that a Black family may feel if they were not in a racial caste system as it exists in the United States, it is a racial caste system. Mm -hmm. Would they have those issues? What What would black love look like uninterrupted, un not interfered with? Hmm. That's in any form of fashion, it's just it's flourishing and, and it's on its, on its own. Yeah, you that, also that's have a good the point. Economic component. Mm-hmm. Right? So, so yeah. I'm just still going to look at it. How does economics play a part in relationships and human sexuality? Oh, a significant one in a capitalistic society, which the United States is. Because mm-hmm. now everything's getting, you got it now where relationships are getting boiled down to how much money somebody's making. So they're going, they're talking about the high value man and woman now. And literally, you have women calling into, I think, what's his name? Kevin Samuels calling into his show and when he tells them some hard truths they don't want to hear then their feelings are hurt when the reality is you're coming in on his show asking about superficial things and then when he gives back a superficial response not because he's superficial he's meeting you at the level of your consciousness (laughs) and your thinking and your speaking and he goes you saying you want a man that has money they don't call in and say i want a man to love me i want a man that respects me that honors me that's not what they're calling and saying how do you get a high value man translation how i get a man with a bunch of money right and then when he turns around and meets him right there and says well well, what do you have? And and what do you rate yourself on a scale and everything else? And, and now feelings are hurt. She's like, but I'm a good person. Wait a minute. You wasn't looking at him for anything of death or substance. That's not what you were looking mm-hmm. for. Mm-hmm. You came yeah. in talking to Matter of fact, you didn't say you want a good man, all this and that, because he'll present to them. What's wrong with you being with a man that made 75,000? What's wrong with that? And he's a good, I, I would tell any woman, 
if that man is providing for himself, can contribute and provide to your household, what, and he loves you, respects you, honors you, he he basically give you every dime in his pocket. What is your problem? So you're fixated on he has to be a millionaire or you're fixated on he has to have over six digits. Okay, yeah. if you're going to dwell on superficiality, then yeah, somebody's going to be rating you. And so here goes the reality. And I will tell any woman this, I doubt, and he has a scale, and I'm, I'm not in for women rating themselves at all. You are a unique being. There is no comparison. But it, once you get in, into superficialities, that's where it's going to go. And so a seven more than likely wouldn't call into that show even if she got questions. An eight, nine, ten, are, they're not calling Kevin Samuels because that's not a problem for her. Right. You see? And so the women right there, he brings it to their attention. You're on a superficial thing. You're not following logic in your thinking and they can't handle it. So now get digressing back to my point. We're now back into the sociology and economics of being in a system that everything's a body. Everything's about money. Everything's a commodity. Everything can be bought and sold and get this, get that money, this money, that. That we're taking away from the humanity of people. And so how does that in particular impact black people who were brought cat bought to this country as slaves as the worker so the black man did not have the same opportunities the ones that are successful now in some sense are really anomalies so what you have is now black women <clears throat> holding black men to the standard of a white conqueror or oppressor mm. where he dealing with barriers because she's dealing with barriers right i'm not saying don't achieve i'm not saying don't press through because you have to right but what i'm right. saying is that their standards cannot be our standards yeah, their yeah, standards don't their work for us. Different. They don't work yeah. for us and they're not for us. And they're not optimal for the success of us as individuals, as a culture, as a nation, as a people, as communities, and as families. Yeah. Yeah. So how does your study also um address how how might that like what might be a solve for that or what what might be some awarenesses that people need to have either about themselves or the, or the subject in general to, uh, I guess, make it less superficial and, and bring back some authentic communication and connection? Well, for me, what I do is, okay, going specifically into now my sociology, sexology is I do specific treatment to relationships. And this awareness is not what people have tried to do with what I have created is pigeonhole it. And they project who and what they are and use that as an interpretation and translation on what I'm doing. So oftentimes what they attempt to do is reduce sexuality, sexual experiences, relationships down to function. Mm -hmm. And so that what I teach, and I, I have a whole school for this, right? So I have a course called Mojo 101 and it's titled How to Get Your Sexy Back, but it's so much deeper than that if you go on my website and look. So you can see kind of the, co the, the course, what's in there. You can't see what all is in there, but you can mm -hmm. see somewhat of the subject matter. It is thorough. It is a thor thorough course. 
and it starts from mind and it goes through every aspect, every sphere of your existence. So one way to do that is to gain an understanding of yourself as yourself, even beyond race, beyond classification, because we are much more than that. We're much more dynamic than that. Mm-hmm. Because even once we, you know, pass and transcend from the body, energy, which spirit doesn't die. So what's next? All of us, we, we don't definitely, absolutely, unequivocally know. But we know that there's not necessarily an absolute end as it is an end to an, another beginning. And what that is, no one's absolutely certain we don't know until we're there so what i do here now is specifically i deal with women and their concept and knowing of self now i have consultation services and i have a fair share of men and women and so there are women well excuse me there are men who want to know themselves deeper, explore their feelings. They absolutely want to understand women. What I am trying to get women to do is understand themselves first, because the more she understands herself, the more she is open to understanding men, not tolerating men, not accepting men, but understanding men and understanding each man individually and his own intricacies as she feels necessary to understand. But you have women that go, I want to be married. I want to be in a relationship. I go, why? (laughs) It's not because I don't feel you shouldn't be. Why? (laughs) You need to know your why. I don't need to know Mm -hmm. your why. You need to know your why. Because people just want to be married because that seems like the thing to do. I want to be with somebody. Okay, so you with this body, does it, will anybody do? Hmm. What is it you need? What do you require? What is in your heart? And are you cultivating what's in you? That's what I teach women. Mm. That's what I teach women. So you, so, so you wouldn't even be calling in the Kevin Samuels show. (laughs) And not only would you not be calling in there, you wouldn't be calling him with that superficiality. Right. So I, like a lot of women have a problem with him. I do not. He's meeting you right. He doesn't claim to be a psychologist, a sociologist, a sexologist. He doesn't even say he's a relationship coach. He doesn't do any of that. But he is a man who, he is a man, that's his whole experience, and he's around other successful men, and he's one in his own right, and he's around this quote-unquote high-value thing. that Now, look, the way they're defining high-value now, it's not all-encompassing. Originally, when it was created, it was. Everything's getting reduced down to money. It's like we're reducing human life, the whole soul of a human, to money. Yeah. Somebody is printing that money. It's a piece of paper. Yeah. Oh my. And I'm not saying that it's not important. I'm not saying you shouldn't have it. Understand it as understand money as a currency. We call it currency. Mm -hmm. Understand it as energy. And therefore, you need to align yourself with it instead of trying to go find somebody else who has it so you can get it. Right. Yes. So my yes. thing is I focus on women understanding themselves and in that understanding, she's more open to understanding another human being, regardless if it's male or female. See, mm. when you don't really understand yourself a lot, you not only 
do you need others to fit in a box you can comprehend you're really having a hard time comprehending anything around you outside of what somebody tells you right yeah so now the world is dictating to you what you want what you need and then you can turn around and get it all and you're still unhappy because you can get the man with a million dollars you can get a man with six digit salary and he's running through women like water is coming through the faucet yeah yeah it's not going to buy fidelity (laughs) right and now she goes in there going i but i want to be in i i wanted him to love me and i'm embarrassed hold on you you went towards him for the money and you got bought for the money right now understand the lane that you have entered see so, so now yeah. for me, that's not what I'm teaching women. And my thing is, you got to be all encompassing. You've got to understand what is of the highest value. And what is of the highest value is always you in totality as a human being. And when you can right. understand that about yourself, you would never reduce another human being down in that way. Men right. or women, it's vice versa because what men will do, and some of the men feel that they are reduced down to their money, so they have no problem reducing. And excuse me if, if you don't use this on your show, but every now and again, I do it for comedy purposes and shocking off. They'll reduce a woman down to pussy. Oh, yeah, definitely. yeah I, I just want to because I don't know your definitely. audience, and yeah, women no, don't definitely. like that, they yeah. don't like it. They go, You know, he's using me, he's doing mm-hmm. this. Well, he, sometimes they feel used too, and so here mm-hmm. we are, men and women using each other, and people. Yeah. Deep down inside, contrary to how sometimes men portray themselves, a lot of that running through women, a lot of that I don't care is really hurt. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And and how they carry themselves, many women. And like you said, because they're not aware of themselves, you can't, you're also sometimes not aware of men. And men actually probably, sometimes I feel like they have more feelings than us, shit. Well, let me explain to you like this. This is what I say about men don't love easy. They not running around here talking about, oh, I want to get married. I want to love somebody. I want to But when they love, when they truly love you, they love hard. And they don't just, they don't just go there because mm-hmm. it opens you up. It makes you susceptible to being hurt. Yes. And humans yes. are cap- uh, capable of deception. See, so mm-hmm. they're, because of the, the logical part of their brain that is so, that's, more in the socialization process is developed more than them i don't feel that men have logic per se more than women i feel in the socialization process that his is developed more mm-hmm. it's, it's like saying men don't have feelings because women are seen as being emotional no i think in her socialization process she's allowed to express her feelings more and her womanhood doesn't come in question in his socialization process under american or eurocentric masculinity to express his feelings beyond anger right it's not seen as manly right it's not that men don't have feelings so if people are trying to figure out what is a so what is the sociologist seeing it's a process Mm -hmm. it's like you're being programmed a certain type of way because of the genitalia you have right yeah. When you look at it at an energetic level, we are we're all born with masculine and feminine energy. If you're a woman, it may be more heightened in the feminine and a man is more heightened in the masculine. Then you have those with balance. And if you get into different cultural things, Native American things, you you'll you'll find out people believe in two spirited and, and different things, even in Hinduism. And so right. the thing about it is, is not to degrade either one of those principles. 
You can't degrade either one. You can't suppress either one. You cannot obstruct either one for optimal maximum power. As a couple, they both have to be allowed to flourish. They need to understand each other. They need to work harmoni harmoniously together. And that comes through understanding. But how do we get to understanding? Education. And when I say education, people are like, oh, so you're saying I need to go to school and get a degree? No, you can be autodidact. Malcolm X was one of the most brilliant intellectuals in minds. He did not have a college degree. There's no excuse for not educating. Education, what I mean is the acquisition and the synthesizing, analyzing and processing and thinking about and contemplating deeply knowledge so it can be transformed into wisdom and understanding. Yeah, yes. Mm. And is this is this some of the I know you said you were uh, you have some partial partial scholarships um, available. Are, are these some of the um, topics that are covered? Oh, yes, ma'am. Mm -hmm. And let me tell you something. Anybody who's gone into the course when they, they'll do this, they'll go, well, I'm just gonna sign up for the course you know, and get on a payment plan, <laughs> what are they going to do? And then they end up wanting to talk to me or it's been the other way around. It's always at the end of the day, I, the course is going to go intricately into the depth process, but dealing with mm -hmm. me also, there's, there's an energy exchange. There's a power exchange. I don't know mm -hmm. if you can hear it through, through this podcast, but there's a, you're going to get something there. I, I clear things up for you. I always tell people I'm a teacher and a guide. Yeah. Yo, no, you, definitely, you definitely sound sound like it so y'all if you want to dig into uh what nicole is throwing down because i know i'm gonna go and check it check it out too um because <laughs> so much here i can't even can't even uh go go into it but all of the places to find nicole she is also on clubhouse which i'm sure i'm sure you probably give a powerful room <laughs> when you get when you get on there and we also have her um, IG and Facebook contacts as well. So thank you so much, um, seriously, for, for coming and joining. I, I, I love having guests. I learned so much. Um, and actually, like I said, I'm going to stalk you a little bit because I actually want to know more now that <laughs> I know that this whole this whole world exists. I want to know more. Well, so thank you, Gideon. And I do encourage you and the listeners that there are partial scholarships available. You need to uh, follow the instructions that it, you can actually find that on um, Go to the Go to the School of Sexology page and you will see it there. Follow the instructions to contact me. If you, I tell people this, uh, this is across the board in life. So this is gonna tell you how it is when you're dealing with me. Anything I'm teaching you is not applicable to just one area. It's for your life. So anytime yes. you want something, do what is necessary to get it. There is always a way. That's what I tell people. It's always a way. Now, you, I am a person that you get what you pay for and then some. So what you're doing is you're investing in you and you will have the highest return. I will ensure, I will guarantee and, and ensure you of that. But what I'm mm. saying to you is I don't hand things to people. If there's a way, if you say, okay, that financially because of COVID, that's a lot for me right now, but I need this right now. If you know you need it and there seems to be a way, there's a, an apparent way to get it, then do what you need to do for you. This is what I found with a lot of people in life. A lot of times they're saying they want to do things and as soon as opportunities present themselves, they don't go, they don't execute. Yes, They, they exactly. keep talking about what they want to do, execute. 
Yeah, exactly. any scholarships I got in school is because they just weren't handed there. It was work done. And if it wasn't just for my academic performance, I had to write essays. I had to do uh, when I did undergrad and I was at Agnes Scott College here. Um, it's actually in Decatur, Georgia, but that's, you know, it's a metro Atlanta. Uh, excellent school. Excellent school. You can look it up. Agnes Scott College. They had two scholarships that year. Two scholarships full. I needed that scholarship because that school is about $30,000 a year. Guess what Nicole did? Wrote that essay. Guess what happened? There were two. I was one. Right. Yeah. And that's all I say to people. Go get it. If you yeah. know you need it, go get it. Yeah. So she has a partial scholarship available. So, you know, as, as she said, take that um, initiative upon yourself to go get uh, what you need. Thank you, Nicole, so much for joining for joining me today. I appreciate it. Thank you, Ebony. No problem. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed today's show. Please be sure to share this broadcast with family, friends, or anyone that you think could benefit from it. Also, share your takeaways from this show on your IG stories. Don't forget, use the hashtag LWAP. Check out the show notes for the resources and references talked about in this episode at www.lwapllc.com slash blog. Thanks again. Talk to you next time.